0: Okay, so uh, as I said, I wanted very much to be able to do the uh, thing about snow Uh, and I haven't given up on it yet. Um, It happens to be that in Lakewood there is no snow, much to my uh, chagrin, Um, but I also, I I didn't prepare the shear before I came, Uh, so now I'm here without the svarb. You can see it's a a room without the svarb, there's nothing here uh, to be able to uh, to work with, Um, so I had to scramble uh, somewhat so we're going to do a Hilchas Shabbos type of uh, of halacha, which uh, you know has a, has relevance. Uh, it, it may not be the end of our discussion about this uh, particular topic, but certainly it's a uh, it's a good beginning of the uh, of the discussion. Rabbi, yes. will, will you do the general mute, please? It's very noisy. Yeah, sorry. Um, I will. Um, I will, uh, so we'll, we'll start it, and then uh, from here, we'll see where we want to go, but uh, one of the uh, issues which uh, many of us uh, face, uh, certainly on a weekly basis, has to do with various mail or packages which arrive on Shabbos. <clears throat> sometimes we do control that, uh, that outcome, sometimes we, uh, we don't, but things show up, and the question is, Am I allowed to uh, move it around? i Am not allowed to move it around? What am I allowed to do with it? What's, uh, what, what's the story with, uh, with that stuff which, uh, which arrives? So uh, as I said, we'll, uh, we'll start the discussion tonight and then we'll, uh, we'll see one uh, element of it or one aspect of it. And then uh, we'll see from there sometime in the future, we will, uh, we will do more. Okay, but for right now, so we're going to start over here um, with our sources that showed up on the screen. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Good. Thank you. Okay. So the first thing is so we're, we're going to begin with the premise that our mailman or the UPS driver, the FedEx driver, uh, nobody's paying any uh, you know, sponsorship. So we're not going to give anybody in particular uh, credit for, uh, for delivering. But the delivery person, we're going to assume that they are not Jewish. So the halacha is, and this uh, we begin uh, in Simon, this is an uh, Orachaim uh, sheer. So we begin in Simon Resh Ayin, Vav, Sif, Alv. So this is one of the primary simonim, the primary sections of Shulchan Aruch that deals with the issue of Amira LeNachri, of instructing a, a, a non-Jew to do melacha uh, for you on Shabbos. And uh, so one of the issues is going to be, one of the related issues is going to be, and this is what we're going to see now, is the prohibition against benefiting from a melacha which was done by a non-Jew, for a Jew. So here we go. So Shulchan Aruch says, we begin right uh, over here. esanir says, So a non-Jew goes ahead and we'll put it in the 21st century uh, terminology. Non-Jew goes ahead and turns on the light in order to illuminate a room for a Jew. He's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for a Jew. So Nobody, no Jew, is allowed to benefit from that malacha. Even if you're not the person that the non-Jew had in mind. So the non-Jew went ahead and he noticed that my power was out. So the neighbor came along and flipped on the switch in my house in order to, uh, to put the lights back on. So certainly if he did it for my sake, we can all understand that there's going to be restriction against benefiting from that malacha. Why exactly that's so, we'll, uh, we'll see a little bit shortly. But not only am I not allowed to benefit, but even you, meaning any one of you here, you also cannot come into my house and then benefit from the light which was turned on for me. In other words, once a malacha was done with the intent to provide benefit from, for a Jew, so nobody's allowed to benefit from that malacha. Then says the Ramah, and it doesn't make a difference. In some instances, there is a difference whether or not the non-Jew is paid for a task uh, or not. Uh, that's not going to be our discussion, but here we say halakhically, for this matter, it doesn't make a difference. Whether he was doing this as an independent contractor, or whether he was doing this as an hourly wage earner, in a different context, all of that would be significant. And the reason Ramah says that there's a problem here is the Mimalacha atzma being that the Jew is going to benefit from the malacha, the direct malacha, which was done on Shabbas, so it's going to be prohibited regardless of the circumstance. So again, a non-Jew comes along, turns on the light in the, in, in the house, turns on the light in a room, so which otherwise would be dark. Nobody is allowed to go ahead and benefit from that malacha. So that is our starting point, that when a, Jew, uh, when a non-Jew does malacha for a Jew, prohibition against benefiting from that. Okay. Now, from there, with that background in place, now we jump to a Gemara in Maseches Beitzah or Beitah. The Gemara says as follows of um, Papa, of Papa says, right over here. The Papa says, Hilchasa, nachish yantif. So a non-Jew knocks on your door on yantif and says, here, I brought you this gift. I'd like you to have this, uh, this gift. You're such a kind uh, uh, neighbor. I want you to have this gift. So now, are you allowed to benefit from that gift or not? So the Rav Papa says in the Gemara, im yesh ha'min b'mechuber aser. So if he goes out and brings you a bushel of apples, and he has an apple tree in his yard, so he's sharing with you some of his, uh, his apples, or if Mel was with us uh, in, in the year, uh, now he may still show up, but uh, he goes out and brings you some vegetables from his garden, so you know that he's been working hard all summer on his, uh, on his tomatoes and his green peppers, and he shows up on Shabbos with a basket of freshly picked vegetables, so being that you have to suspect that he did the malacha of picking those vegetables on Yom Tif, and he did it for your sake, asr. So those vegetables on Yom Tif, you're not allowed to benefit from. <speaking in Hebrew> and at night, and I'm trying to be as vague as I can with the, uh, the phrase at night, but at night, they're also going to be asr. B'kideh she'yasu, is... That's a period of time. Uh, The period of time literally means the amount of time it takes to do it, meaning that nobody's going to be allowed to benefit from these vegetables. I shouldn't say nobody. You, the recipient of these vegetables, are not allowed to get benefit from these vegetables until the amount of time it would take to pick the vegetables has transpired after Yantif. So if it takes 20 minutes, so you can't have them until 20 minutes after Avdallah. If it takes an hour for this task to be done, you have to wait an hour after Avdallah. And if it takes six hours, you'd have to wait six hours after Avdallah to do so. So whatever amount of time it takes to do this malachah, that's the amount of time after Shabbos or Yantif, you would have to wait before you're allowed to benefit from that uh, that malachah. Now, what's this idea that you're not allowed to, uh, to benefit to, from it for this period of time? And that's one thing. And number two is, uh, I said, I was trying to be very vague as far as this uh, uh, translating this. So it says, Ula Arif. So now what does it mean at night? What night am I allowed to go ahead and start benefiting from it? So Rashi there on the Gemara Bezah, so he says as follows. Here's the Dibra the heir of Asubic Shiyasu. Rashi says, What's the reason why you're not allowed to go ahead and use it at all on Yantif? You didn't ask him to pick these vegetables. He did it out of the goodness of his heart. You're such a nice neighbor to, uh, to him that out of goodness, the whole winter you avoided walking on his snow. So he was appreciative of the fact that uh, this year you stayed away from uh, putting footprints in his, uh, in his snow. So come uh, summertime, so he uh, he's, uh, wants to share with you some of his, his vegetables. So the reason, and you didn't ask him to do it. So, but it's still going to be us, so why? Kedai shaloyenet, I don't know where that came from. mi malachas yantif. Because a malacha was done on yantif. Granted, it was done by a non-Jew, but a malacha was done on yantif, And we don't want you to go ahead and benefit from, from that. We don't want you benefiting from something which you would not be allowed to do yourself. Okay, so that I'm not allowed to uh, to do. Now says Rashi, explains Rashi further. In that which your Papa said in the Gemara that I'm not allowed to benefit until night time, after that period of time of b'kidei shiyasu, the amount of time it takes to do that Malacha. halacha mutarin. But after that period of time has transpired, let's just say for argument's sake, it takes half an hour to p- pick these vegetables. So you have to wait half an hour until uh, into the night before benefiting. Rashi says, and this is the Chiddush of Rashi, he says, It says, if it's a two day Yantif, let's say it's a, it's, a, I don't know, it's a Monday, Tuesday Yantif. So although he brings the vegetables to you on Monday, so Rashi says Monday night, meaning the second night of Yontif, once half an hour has gone by from the time that the rabbi or the shul announces the earliest time for uh, for making kiddush or something like that, or the earliest time for candle lighting. So half an hour after that, you're already allowed to benefit from these vegetables, even though it's still Yontif. Why? Afagav Yom Yomtov shenihu, even though in our example, Monday night is still Yontif, All you have to wait is half an hour into after candle lighting time, the second night of Yantif. And then these vegetables are permitted meaning no matter what. What does it mean no matter what? So Rashi explains. Because we're going under the presumption that really of the two days Yantif which we observe, so one day is actually Yantif. And the other day is observed, just as a Chumrah, maybe we are mistaken in terms of the calendar. but the What about is Rosh Hashanah? Set. What? Rosh Hashanah. This does not apply to Rosh Hashanah. Thank you. So it's going to be permitted no matter what. Why? Because if Monday night, Tuesday, second day of Yontif, is really a weekday, so you already waited half an hour after Yantif before you're benefiting from the vegetables. So that would be the same thing like after Shabbos. Wait half an hour after Avdol and you're good to go. And if it turns out that Monday night Tuesday is actually Yantif, so then Nimsa So that means that Monday was actually the weekday. And if Monday was the weekday, so then you're allowed to benefit from the Malacha, which was done on a weekday, which is done on a mundane, non-sacred day. And therefore, once you get to half an hour after candle lighting on Monday night, the second night of Yantif, so Rashi says, either way, either way you slice it, it comes up peanuts. So it's going to be motor, because either it's already whole, or when the Molacha was done, it was whole. And either way, you come out so that it's going to be permitted, nota, and that is my inclination, says Rashi. Okay. So Rashi tells us there's two things which you have to keep in mind from Rashi, uh, the two underlying sections over here. One is Rashi's explanation as to why you're not allowed to benefit is, because we don't want you to benefit from Malafa, which was done on yantif, even if that Malafa was done by a non-Jew and he was not instructed to do it, but nonetheless, since he did it for you, it uh, we don't want you to benefit. And then number two, Rashi says that, the restriction um, as far as Yontif is concerned, as Arnie pointed out, not Rosh Hashanah, but the restriction as far as Yontif is concerned only applies through the first day of Yontif, the uh, uh, half an hour after the uh, the first day of Yontif is over, even though it's now the second day of Yontif where we also observe it as a Yontif day, but it's still going to be permitted because of this of shach that either to either now Monday night is already a weekday or Monday had already been a weekday, but either way, enough time has transpired, you'll be allowed to uh, to benefit. Okay, so that is Rashi's explanation. Tosos, uh, right there in that same Gabar. so we won't read it all inside, but over here, so he begins with Rashi's chat. All um, well, this is Rashi's chat about his explanation as to why it's going to be Aser. Number one, you shouldn't benefit from the Malacha. And then number two, the fact that it's going to be permitted, in our example, Monday night, even though Monday night, Tuesday is the second Yatif. He goes ahead from here, he goes ahead and brings two different proofs to this idea that uh, that we could say this Mamanach type of thing, that we could say that only one day is actually yantif, and we just don't know which one is which, but we could use that sort of as a leniency that once the second night is already rolled in, that we can say that either yesterday was Chol or today is Chol, but either way it should be permitted. Then he says, it's an interesting way that he also presents us now. He says, Yitzchak HaLevi Vagonim Ad He says, other HaLevi and the gonim, they hold that these vegetables are going to be prohibited until half an hour after Havdalah on Tuesday. So these other Mishodim are adding an additional 24 hours of restriction on benefiting from this Malacha. Um, and they explain that when the when the when the puppet uses that phrase that you have to wait the amount of time it takes to do the Malacha, it means. It means you have to be it has to be half an hour of time when you can actually instruct the non-Jew to do this malacha. So Monday night, since we're still observing Yatif, we can't ask the non-Jew to go ahead and pick these vegetables. That's not allowed. So therefore these are of the Rishonim and Gaonim are of the opinion that you can't benefit from it on Monday night because you're still not able to ask the non-Jew to do the malacha. The Kidesha Yasu, that period of time is going to be specifically after the time when it's allowed to ask the non-Jew to do the Malachah. Then he goes ahead and he says, but It says, I found somebody like me. It's a little confusing what exactly he means. I haven't seen that phrase before, but he says there's this Rabbeinu Clonimus from Rome who's an expert in all of Shas. Uh, at this point, this is the uh, third or fourth of the Rishon in which he's quoting, and this is the first one he mentioned is a Bakian Shah. So I don't know what his perception of Rashi is, or Rabbi Isra Kalevi, or, uh, or any of the others, but okay. But uh, he says, Shalachli sav mir girmiza, Kamosi. He sent me a letter, okay, and there's a question which they have against Rashi, and therefore let's just go to his conclusion now. He says, so Tosos disagrees, this is attributed to, uh, to Rabbeinu Tam, uh, to Rabbeinu Tam, although his name isn't mentioned here, but he says that Rashi's explanation that we don't want you to benefit from the molacha, that that's the uh, reason why you can't use the vegetables that the non-Jew of his own volition went ahead and picked for you, has nothing to do with benefiting from the molacha, which was done. Elahatam. But rather the reason is Shema if you're allowed to eat the vegetables with the non-Jew went ahead and picked of his own volition to share with you because you didn't step on this snow so the fear is is that you'll so enjoy those fresh vegetables which he brought to you and it was the best sale you've ever had on a Yontif that you'll be tempted on another day of Yontif to go ahead and ask him to do the Malacha uh, uh, outright so in order to avoid setting for yourself this trap that if you're allowed to benefit when he does it out of his own volition, it may lead to you asking him to go ahead and do it for you. So in order to, to make sure that does, that doesn't happen, we don't allow you, Chazal came along and put this restriction in place and said, we don't want you to benefit from this uh, this malach. And that being the case, and that being the case, so based on this, Rabbeinu Tam says, Toslo says, that we're going to require you to wait until Tuesday night. Because having you wait until Monday night, half an hour after, after Avdallah, doesn't help us at all. Because if you're allowed to benefit from this at any time on Yontif, that may lead to eventually asking the non-Jew to do it for you outright. So since uh, our fear is that you when may ask the non-Jew to do it, you're not allowed to benefit from it ever on Yontif, And therefore, that's why it's going to be us all the way until Tuesday night. So it turns out that this disagreement, we'll say for simplicity, Rashi and Tosos, as to the reason why you can't eat the vegetables that your neighbor brings over to you, which he picked of his own volition, Rashi says, it's because we don't want you to benefit from the Malacha. Tosos says, we're afraid that if you benefit from it, that may lead you to ask him outright to, uh, to uh, pick vegetables for you. So depending on which explanation it follows, whether or not Monday night is going to be permitted or whether or not it's not permitted until Tuesday night. According to Rashi, once it's no longer Yantif, or we could use this manavshaft and say that uh, either yesterday was Yantif or not, or today is Yantif or not. So we could go ahead and we could permit it already Monday night. Tosos says it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fear that if you benefit from this if ever on Yontif, you may go ahead and ask him to do it for you. And that's where the restriction is going to come. Okay. So now, being that we have Machlokas, we shown him over here, of a disagreement between Rashi and Tosos. So let's go ahead and see how this now gets recorded in Shochrach. So Shochrach obviously is going to be the deciser over here as far as how we pass it. And as you see in this source over here, so the, the, this font is Shochanar. this is Rav Yosef Karel. And then the Rashi script font, this is the Ramah, this is Ramosha Israelis. So if you see already that uh, you've got two different uh, fonts going on over here from Shulchan Aruch, Mechaber, <coughs> Mechaber and the Ramah, <coughs> it may turn out that there's going to be a difference between uh, in practice. So what do we say? So says this is in Hilchas Yantif. It says, Yehudi yantif. And now goes in and brings you a gift. Our example is a gift of, of uh, vegetables on Yantif. Im b'mechumar, if the, the gift that he brought you is something which would require, which has to be picked out of the ground, that's our vegetable example, or he goes ahead and he brings you some um, some meat uh, from uh, uh, he brings you some venison, right? He doesn't have, uh, you know, cows in his uh, in his yard, which he may have been shafting, But he went ahead and he caught some wild deer. So he did the malacha of capturing, of trapping yantiv. So if the non-Jew brings you a gift of things which are usur, uh which involved the malacha, oser aflamishlo huva bishvilo lachlo yom. So it's going to be oser even for, the, uh, a friend of the recipient, as we said in the case of the lights. Not only am I not allowed to benefit from the malacha that the non did when he turned on my lights, but even you can't come into my house and benefit from that malacha. So Shacharach says it's going to be also awesome for everybody, whether the designated person, the designated gift recipient, or somebody else. And this restriction, at this point, the Ramah is not really disagreeing. But he says, this restriction is so strong that even in the event that you didn't realize Allah and you took that green pepper, you put it in your mouth and you start chewing. And then somebody comes in and says, no, 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 you're not allowed to eat those because those were just brought by our non-Jewish neighbor. And he was just picking vegetables saying, you're not allowed to eat that. Also, the So you can't say, okay, it's in my mouth. It's not like a five second rule in the mouth or something. That even if it's already in your mouth and you're chewing it, you're still not allowed to benefit from it. And also means it's prohibited to uh, to swallow it. You got to spit it out. Then continues the shulchan not only are you allowed, not allowed to benefit from this stuff, but it's considered muqtza. Also means that if he goes out and puts down this basket of vegetables for you to make a, a salad out of, you're not allowed to make a salad and you're not even allowed to move the vegetables. But once yantif is over, once half an hour after yantiv is over, so then you're allowed to benefit from it. That's talking about Yisrael. Then Shuchnarh continues, the Tov Michel What about in Chutz Aris, where we observe two days of Yantiv? So he brings you this basket of vegetables on Monday. So when are you allowed to benefit from it? So um huva risho. So Shochnarch says that in the event that they are delivered on the first day of yontiv, mutu biyad belil yontiv shenanigasu. So Shulchan Aruch goes like Rashi, that half an hour after candle lighting time on Monday night, you're already allowed to benefit from those vegetables. So Shulchan Aruch takes the lenient opinion of Rashi. Haga says Ramah, There are those who are Mahmir and they say that you're not allowed to benefit until Tuesday night. You have to wait until the second day of Yantiv is also over. Says Ramah, and he says, it's not just a machlokas, but the minag is generally to be machmer about this thing, to not allow the use of the vegetables Monday night, Tuesday, unless it's necessary, not just for a tzorach yontif, but tzorach orchid, that there's an additional mitzvah mitigating factor, which leads you to uh, need these vegetables. So you have some unexpected out-of-town guests who don't have a place to eat, So in that case, you need to make some food for them. So then you can be lenient and say, all right, it's already Tuesday. It's the second day of Yantif. We've already passed B'kdei Sheyasu from the first day. And we have the Raman of (laughs) Shach. So when there's an additional uh, compelling reason to be lenient. So the Ramah says you can be lenient. (laughs) Then you can be lenient for your guests. You can't be lenient for yourself because the malacha was still done for you. So you can't be lenient and eat that part of the salad, but for your guests, where there's this compelling reason to go ahead and provide for them. So that's what Ahmad says, we can be lenient, but the general practice is going to be, it's us or until the sec- until after the second day of Yom. Okay, so far so good? Okay, good well, luck. I'm gonna assume that that's the yes, I'm gonna go with that. Now, what does the Mishnah Brewer say over here? So he's going on the end of the Ramah where he says the orchim He says, perish hu dehatam The the reason is we're talking about where there are guests who you are hosting, and the vegetables were not brought for your guests, they were brought for you. You would like to serve it to your guests, but you're not gonna eat it. Behind the orchim, shu mitzvah, in other words, that to provide for your guests which is a mitzvah, sometimes we, uh, we forget, we think we're just doing, uh, doing a nice thing for somebody else. But uh, providing, feeding guests is considered to be a mitzvah, <coughs> which allows for the use of, uh, in certain uh, circumstances, leniencies. So, So for the sake of that mitzvah, we'll rely on the lenient opinion, who says that for others, those for whom the malafa was not done, so they could already benefit from this malacha? <laughs> provided that it's already half an hour after uh, candle lighting the second night of Yontif on Monday night. But if you don't have this additional mitzvah, mitigating factor, you should not be lenient even for others. The a because the poskim did not go ahead and differentiate. If you're not a guest by my house, that you don't have a place to eat, you're just them. You came over to uh, to sit and schmooze and I want to put out some, uh, you know, something just, uh, you know, just as is uh, a is a gesture of uh, of uh, of uh, neighborly goodwill. So neighborly goodwill is not going to be enough of a mitigating factor for me to be able to serve you these vegetables on Tuesday. Has to actually be a mitzvah, uh, compelling reason, like orchim who don't have a place to uh, to go. So that would uh, that uh, is uh, uh, an allowance, but for the one for whom the malacha was done, so that is going to be problematic. Okay. So now the now the question is. So now let's swing this back around to the delivery of the package. So if the package is uh, is delivered, so where is that going to? What uh, where is that going to put us? It will be allowed. It's not going to be allowed. So far, we've talked about picking vegetables uh, you know, from, uh, from your neighbor. So now let's bring it back around to our, to our question. So the non-Jewish mailman or the non-Jewish delivery man goes in and drops off a package uh, by your house. So are you allowed to benefit from that or not? Um, it's for your benefit. So it's, you know, on the surface, seems not so much. It would seem to be that we're going to run into a problem over here, right? Now, even without knowing anything, uh, the initial sources, which I'm going to uh, uh, present to you, will be the ones which say that it's awesome. And if the initial sources say that it's muter, so the over. So, so the the initial sources usually are going to indicate that uh, that, that it's going to be proud That this this now fully frames the shiloh, because here you have a non-Jew who's doing a malacha for you, and it's seemingly uh, we're we're uh, it's going to be us. Okay, excellent. Now, so let's see what Shochanarach says. Now uh, we go out of Hilchos Yantif. Now we swing backwards in Shochanarach to Hilchos Shabbos, and it turns out that Shochanarach actually addresses the issue of a uh, of a uh, of a letter. So says Shochanarach. This is in Simon Shin Zion Sif Yudal. says Likros <laughs> So to go ahead and read a letter which was sent for you. Now, just to keep things simple without having to introduce additional factors over here, let's assume it's a postcard. So you don't have to open up an envelope and deal with the issue of opening up envelopes and tearing and stuff and all that. Mm Person goes ahead and sends you, they drop off a a, a postcard. So are you allowed to read that postcard? Are you allowed to handle that postcard? Are you allowed to read that postcard on Mm -hmm. Shabbos or not? So, So if you don't know what's written there, meaning that you don't know that it's going to be content, which is, let's say, business-related, which you're not allowed to read on Shabbos anyways. So if you don't know what's there, mutter, you're allowed to read it. You're not allowed to verbalize it as you're reading. Just scan it with your eyes, read it silently. Why that's so is not our discussion here. Then he says, And in the event, that this letter was brought to you on Shabbos from outside of the tum. The Fiomi people; uh, it's not so far away when we were doing Erevin. So that's where it was brought from more than two thousand amos outside of the broader city limits. Totally these shlo So then uh, it's a good idea not even to touch it because the malacha was done. This is a malacha which was done for it to be transported from outside of the uh, from outside of the tum. And it's going to be prohibited to touch it. What's the issue as far as touching it is concerned? So here the Mishibur explains as follows. He says, <clears throat> He says that even though, let's say we're not talking about a letter, now let's differentiate. Let's say Uh, There's you got two things on Shabbos, which were delivered. And it says on the packages or on the envelope, on both of them, it said overnighted. It has some indication like that. So that means when Shabbos began, this was in Anchorage, Alaska. And now suddenly it's showing up in your door, whether it's in New Jersey, whether it's in Skokie, whether it's in Virginia, whether it's in Lakewood, it shows up on your door now on Shabbos. So clearly Anchorage, Alaska to any one of those places is outside of the Tchum. I think everybody would agree to, uh, to that, that uh, Alaska, to wherever we are in the uh, 48 contiguous states, that that's going to be outside of the room. <laughs> so now, even though it was brought from outside of the Trum, so that means that you're not allowed to benefit from this malacha which was done. Certainly the person for whom the malacha was performed. So if it has your name on the envelope, on the on the postcard, or it has your name on the package, that means the malacha was essentially done for you. So, v'achacha haloha kriya v'ha'iun hanahilo. He says so. Here also, if I go ahead and I read the package, uh, sorry, read the uh, the postcard. So that is the benefit that I have. It's a beautiful picture of some scenic uh, scene of the ocean and the mountains over there by uh, by Alaska from the Alaska cruise. Whoever so was last one to go on the, the Alaska cruise, So they went ahead and you sent that overnight uh, that overnight uh, uh, postcard. So certainly, that's the hanav. That's the benefit. So why uh, all of a sudden are we, is Shulchan telling us that you're allowed to read it, right? Remember, Shulchan said, as long as you don't know that it's prohibited content muter. So you are allowed to read it. So why am I allowed to read it if we're, our, our whole discussion up until this point, for 30 minutes, we've been demonstrating that you're not allowed to benefit from a mulach, which was done by a non-Jew. So why am I allowed to read this letter? Says, explains the Mishabura, Hasam over there, the general restriction that we've been discussing for half an hour, so the, the reason why we don't want you to use this, uh, this package, let's say, is because we're afraid that if we allow you to benefit now on Shabbos from the malacha which was done, this transporting of the thing which was done on Shabbos, so a person may be tempted on another occasion to ask the non-Jew to do that for you outright. So even though right now he did it for somebody else, somebody else instructed him to send it, which we'll talk about more shortly. But over here since, uh, uh, but, uh, so that should be applicable. He says, when it comes to this postcard, which is delivered, that concern, the general concern, which really uh, Tosos was concerned about, that it may lead you to ask the non-Jew to do the malacha for you. It's not relevant over here. It's not applicable over here. Why? She'ena Yodeya mi yishlachlo, because Mishaburah says uh, that's what you're thinking. Tzachi, he says, because you're the recipient, right? Where did the where did this molacha start from? The molacha doesn't start from you, the recipient of the postcard. You didn't ask anybody to deliver it to you. The one who gave the instructions for this molacha to be done was the sender. Whoever it is who's in Alaska, in Anchorage, sending this postcard, they're the one. Who got the ball rolling and even if the mailman drops it off at your house and you say thank you very much could you bring me a postcard next week the mailman is going to look at you and say what are you out of your mind what do you mean I'm, can i bring you a postcard next week i don't send you postcards i deliver postcards but i don't tell anybody else to send it to you so the whole concern that maybe if you benefit from the malafa maybe you'll tell them to do the malafa for you here there's nothing to tell them because how it, you can't manufacture that as a recipient And therefore, the rationale does not apply when you are the recipient of the package or a letter. That's number one. Then he says, point number two, He says, gam ye Now you got to take out your thumb a little bit more. Maybe you're thinking about this also, Tzachik. But it says, gam Shlomar. Another thing is, is delo chashiv Hanar, That there's a difference between reading a postcard and eating the vegetables which the non-Jew sent over to your house. Why? Because when I eat the vegetables, so where does my hana, where does my benefit come from, from the the eating of the vegetables themselves, or I'm manipulating the thing and it's going inside of my uh, my, my my system. I go ahead and I eat the vegetables, so that's considered to be actual benefit from the object which was delivered. But over here, by the letter the it's not really considered to be hana. Why? Because what was the malacha which was done, the delivery? Once the delivery is done, I'm not benefiting per se from the delivery. Nothing physically has changed about this object. This is what the what the what the Mishibur over here is referring to. It's something that the Gemara already says, and that is that the malacha of hotzaah, the malacha of carrying, and certainly this would apply to transporting something from outside of the tomb, is considered to be a malacha gerua, is Chazal's terminology. It's considered to be an inferior malacha. Why is hotzav the thirty-nine malachas? Why is hotsa considered to be an inferior malacha? Because every other malacha which we have, all the other thirty-eight malachas, all involve physically changing. Uh, 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 some, something, I take something raw and I cook it and I make it edible. I take something which was a big mixture and I go ahead and I separate out the stuff which I do want and separate the stuff which, which I don't want. I go ahead and I leave a garment or I go ahead and I cut the piece of leather to size. All of those malachas all involve physically altering something, a, a, an object, or altering a physical object. So being that I altered it, that's going to be a standard malacha. And once you've gone ahead and you've made that change, so now you've crossed the line and it's irreversible. I can't take a piece of cooked meat and make it raw again. It doesn't become raw. It's not, uh, it's, it's not something which, uh, which can happen. But the one exception, the reason why hotza is different is because I don't physically alter the thing which I transport. I just move it from point A to point B. But nothing about it actually changes, that the root of Malacha, where Hirsch says this very clearly, the root of of Malacha is really its creative activity, which involves manipulating creation, manipulating the physical world. And that's what we don't do on Shabbos. And transporting is the least of those. It's Garua, because you didn't really physically alter the object at all. You just moved it from point A to point B. So in that regard, the Mishabura says that if you go ahead and you receive a letter, somebody drops off a letter or a package, nothing physically changed about the thing. It was merely transported and therefore it's not subject to the same decree. that Chazal said with regards to vegetables, where he, the, your non-Jewish neighbor took something which was part of the ground, pulled it out of the ground, detached it from the ground, harvested it, that's a physical change. It's no longer being nourished from the ground and you can't now, you know, uh, staple it back. I, I'm not even sure that the uh, duct tape would actually work in that case to go ahead and put it uh, back in place. And therefore, that is a permanent change, which you did. And therefore, it is, uh, that's why you're not allowed to benefit uh, from it. Um, Um, okay, let's just uh, for for uh, timing's sake. Uh, here, the next source is the Shocher Harav. So he also is addressing the same thing with the, the letter over here, and uh, the same question is the Mishavura. Why is it that it, uh, it should be permitted? And he gives a a little bit more. I think it's in line with what the Mishavura said, but he says it in a a, a little bit clearer. He says, this is the uh, highlighted section over here. He says, by a letter, it's not possible to go ahead and say that we should restrict benefiting from it just because the non-Jew did a malacha. Um, Actually, shouldn't this first part we don't need. The first part is really uh, he's talking about that it's not possible to go ahead and instruct him to do the malacha because you're the recipient. That's Explanation number one. Then he says, "From Ode, he says V'od, Furthermore, Shigerazu <laughs> lohuva This letter was not delivered to you per se. <laughs> because the resc- the sender went ahead and he was the one who made the decision to go ahead and send you this postcard. This is going to be this is potentially significant. So he went ahead and sent you this uh, this postcard." and the malacha which is done, the delivery person, the postman, or the delivery person who drops it off, is not doing the malacha because of you, the recipient. He is doing it because of the sender of this package. So being that you are not, there was no instructions by you, and you can't go ahead and uh, you know, say to the, uh, to the uh, deliver guy, uh, thank you very much. Uh, next week, can you bring me a pair of uh, those new Jordans? Thank you very much and uh, you know that he's going to go ahead and do that for you that's just not happening unless you order it but you who are the recipient you're not the one who gets the ball rolling in terms of this malacha so we don't have to be afraid that this is going to lead you to ask the non-jew to do malacha for you and therefore that's why it's going to be uh to be uh, that's why it would be it would be permitted. Rabbi Sheffel, Rabbi Sheffel, uh, but according to the earlier the the argument we had at the at the onset, of the the uh, that was being advanced. Uh, the problem is that you're not allowed to benefit from it. But the problem is that if the if it was a Jewish person who sent it to you, then you're also not allowed to benefit from something that was done on Chavez. Remember that? Yes. Remember. So so that only would work if you. If you knew that the person who was sending it to you was not Jewish, according to that that line of argument, um, right. So uh, another time, thank you, excellent. Another time we'll discuss whether or not. Um, maybe I really should have done that one first, but the, but good. So we'll discuss whether or not you you allow right right now. Our focus is on you as the recipient. Is that allowed or not? Um, when the um, when the uh, it, it, as far as sending things are concerned, and the potential melacha which is involved in there, and then as you said, the uh, the uh, uh, the consequence of whether that is going to impact the recipient when you know that the sender is Jewish. So we'll uh, we'll talk we'll definitely talk about that another week. That's uh, that, 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 uh, that's that's uh, that's excellent. Um, the the issue which I was going to raise uh, for you to think about. Uh, I don't think we're gonna do this uh, This uh, last uh, source. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll see it. Um, let's see that, and then I'll tell you what uh, what I, w- I would like you to think about afterwards. So now the Mishabura says, says, mm-hmm. So in the event that a non-Jew wants to drop off some mail or has a package, you're in the middle of the suda, ding dong, and the, door, the doorbell goes off, and the non-Jew wants to drop off a package, so he says, the minute is not to receive it by hand, is to not take it, but to ask the non-Jew, just put it down, just throw it on the floor, throw it on the table by the front door, whatever it is. We say to the non-Jew, we say to the mailman, or the delivery person, if you don't mind, just put it on the ground or just drop it on the floor or put it on the table. Why, why, why don't we take it by hand? In the event that we're correct, which we said, that you are allowed to benefit from this letter, putting Bob's question aside, but assuming that you're allowed to read the letter, you're allowed to benefit from it, so why can't you take it by hand? It says, We're afraid that, and this is a technical Hilcho Shabbos thing, again, those who may remember this from Daf Yomi, that there's two parts to the mulacha of Hotza on Shabbos. There is Akira and Hanacha. So somebody has to lift up the object which had been at rest, then you transport it from your Rishos HaYecheh to Rishos or vice versa, or you move it for Amos in Rishos and then there has to be a Hanacha, then it has to be placed down. So in order to violate the Daraisa, so one person, a Jew, has to do the entire Malacha, the Akira, the transporting, and then the Hanacha, and then the putting of it, the, of, of it down. In the event that one person does the Akira and another person does the Hanacha, First Mishnah and Shabbos. So then that's going to be us or on the Durbanadika level. So Mishabura says that in the event that your delivery person is very quick, they don't, uh, they're, uh, they're uh, you know on a very tight uh, time schedule. So they say they may not even stop walking as they are delivering it to you. Certainly if you're like standing in front of the, uh, in your house back in the summer when you may be sitting in front of your house when the mailman comes. So the temptation would be that just have him hand it to you. But if he's walking with it, so that means that he's done the Akira, he's lifted it up from some place of rest. It's in the middle of being transported. If you take it from him as he's walking, and then you put it down, you've now done the second half of the malacha, which is Asim Adurbanam. So since taking it from him, and putting it down in that circumstance could be a violation of Adurbanam, so therefore we just avoid it altogether. Because if you were to take it as he's moving, it will turn out that the Jew is now completing the circuit of this molachav hotza by placing it down and ultimately causing it to be transported from one domain to another. Because it will turn out that the non-Jew did the lifting of it. He picked it up off of his truck and now you're going to be putting it down in your house and that would be a problem. Vima garasi chasuma. Then he says, in the event that the letter is sealed, the envelope is sealed. So this is a whole other discussion in and of itself. But you're allowed to hint to the non-Jew that you would appreciate this malacha being done. So you can't ask him, "Could you open up the envelope for me?" But you could say to him, "Says the Mishabura, I'm not able to read this while the envelope is still closed." And then the non-Jew will figure out on his own, oh, it must be that he's hinting to me that I should do the for him. And Hopefully he'll get the hint and he'll go ahead and open it for you. But you're not allowed to ask him outright to open the envelope for you unless there is a strong and compelling need. Okay, so that's these sources. Now what I would like you, what we'll conclude with, and what I'd like you to think about is whether or not you think the halacha is going to change in the in the if we were talking about rather than a postcard we were talking about a package which is now being delivered because you ordered it so until now we were talking about where you go ahead and send me a pa- or let's say i'm here in the in lakewood so i go ahead and i send you a package so i'm the one who sends the delivery man over to your house that's really where Bob was coming from with his question. So it, it starts with me, it, it begins with me and it ends up by you. But let's say we're talking about where you went ahead and placed an Amazon order. So all of the instructions in delivery are all coming from you. It's all because of your order, which had that whole process, uh, the whole uh, process uh, that uh, go into motion. So in the event that it's where it's my process, which gets the whole thing in motion, is that going to change the halacha? And then we would say that I should not be allowed to open it or take it on Shabbos or Tov, because if I'm allowed to now benefit from it, that may lead me to go ahead and, since I'm both the sender and the recipient, sender in the sense that I ordered it to be sent over to my house. So that is something which I would like you to uh, to think about. And in some uh, point in the uh, the future, uh, maybe we'll, we'll get to uh, what, what the point that you raised, Bob, in terms of, the allowance in the first place to send something which will likely be transported on Shabbos, and then how that's going to affect the recipient, whether or not uh, if I am the if I made the order, is that going to change this uh, this halacha as well? Good, great, thank you, Rabbi. All right, thank so you, Rabbi Shaple. Thanks. Have a good night. Alright. All the best, everybody. Thank you. Stay All healthy. Right. Stay safe. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we will be in touch. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Quick question. Yes.